Open your Bibles this morning, please, to Psalm 105. Psalm 105, we're going to take a brief break today from our ongoing study on the life of Joseph. And I want to turn your attention to Psalm 105, and we'll look at one particular verse here this morning. We'll begin reading at verse 1 and read through verse 5, and then come back and visit one verse in particular. Psalm 105. The Bible says in Psalm 105, beginning at verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him, sing psalms unto Him, talk ye of all His wondrous works. Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you today that our hope and our strength and our life is in you. We thank you for this passage we just read. We pray your blessing upon the sermon today. I pray that you'll speak through me and use me. I pray your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to do work in hearts and lives. We give you glory now in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. While searching for gold in the Klondike, a prospecting party came upon an old miner's hut. And all without that miner's hut was quiet as a tomb. So they decided to go in, and upon entering that hut, uh, they found the skeletons of two men and a large quantity of gold. A very unpleasant sight, to say the least, to to find at any time. Well, on a rough table, there was a letter telling about their successful search for this precious ore. And you see, in their eagerness to amass all this gold, they forgot about the early coming of winter in that northern land. And each day they went out and they found the gold in more and more abundance. But one morning, these folks awoke. And they found themselves in the midst of a snowstorm. And for days and days and days, the tempest raged. Well, sad to say, their little store of food soon ran out. And so did their time. And they basically laid down and died amidst all that gold. Piles and piles of gold. You see, beloved, in their seeking of gold, they lost their lives. Let me ask you something this morning. Don't answer this question aloud, but answer it in your own mind and heart today. What are you seeking in life? What are you seeking in life? Be honest with your answer. I find every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is seeking for something. Now, maybe it's not gold. Maybe it is. Maybe it's an education. Maybe it's a certain job. Maybe it's a certain spouse. Maybe it's a certain possession. Maybe it's a certain title. Perhaps a level of fame and notoriety. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with an education. There's nothing wrong with a good job or even a good spouse. Most of us would honestly, legitimately want these things. But are you seeking those things or even other things so wholeheartedly? That you're not preparing for the coming winter of death. Many people are like those miners 
in that hut. I want to turn your attention this morning to that verse we already read today, verse 4. Verse 4 says, Seek the Lord and His strength and His face evermore. Now, in all honesty, that verse divides itself quite nicely for a sermon, doesn't it? You have three points. Basically, seek the Lord, seek His strength, seek His face. I want to talk to you about those three things today. First of all, seek the Lord. That's what it says. Seek the Lord. Now, I must begin this morning by addressing anyone here who does not have Jesus Christ as their Savior. I I, I must say to you this morning, you need to seek the Lord in salvation. Now, it's important to remember that we never seek after God until He's first sought after us. God makes the first move. We find that all the way back in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. They didn't run to God. They ran and hid, sought to hide themselves. And then God comes to them. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which have sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And friend, I want you to realize it's no coincidence that you're here today. It's no accident that the Holy Spirit is working on your heart this moment today. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his faults. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. All of us need to realize today, this could be our very last opportunity to realize and recognize and receive his mercy, his grace and his pardon. Friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior, this really could be the very last gospel invitation you ever receive. And I say to you today, do not reject his offer. Repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior. I say to you today, seek the Lord. You can trust him right now. You can trust him right where you sit. You don't have to wait for the end of the service. You don't have to wait to the final amen. You can trust Him right now where you are. And then at the end of the service, just come and rejoice with us as we rejoice with you that you've already trusted Christ as Savior. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but it doesn't stop there, praise God. It says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You receive that gift by grace through faith. You go to the Lord as He works in your heart. Maybe the Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart right now. You're under conviction and you say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I don't want my sin. I want the Savior. Please make me your child. And you can do that right now. I say to you today, seek the Lord. Now, I realize I'm addressing a lot of folks this morning who've already, who have already done that and, and you've already sought forgiveness, and you've received that. You're already a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven already. My message for you this morning is this. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. That's what the Scripture says here. I'm calling this morning's message three keys for daily living. Addressing the Christians here. Three keys for daily living. And I believe if we truly practice what this verse teaches, it would make a tremendous difference in our life every single day. Listen, my brother and sister in Christ, be honest. How is your fellowship with the Lord? How is your fellowship with the Lord? How much of this past week was spent truly seeking God? 
truly seeking the Lord. Could you honestly say, I have lived this past week passionately pursuing God. I say to you today, seek the Lord. Did you seek to honor Him in your work life? What about your home life? What about your personal life? It's so easy for us to get off track if we're not careful. We too, even as believers, can begin to seek other things. We desperately need a passion for God. A passion for God. Listen to Psalm 119.2. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. The whole heart. Listen to Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice that God does not want a half-hearted seeking after Him. We're to seek Him with our whole heart. He's not to be at the bottom of our to-do list. He's not to be last place. He's to be first. We're to seek Him with our whole hearts. God is not an add-on that comes after we've done everything that we want to do. We don't come to the Lord and say, Lord, I've got a long list here this week, and I've got a lot of things to do, and if I could finish this list, I've got you down here somewhere, I'll eventually get to you. He is to be first. That first word translated seek there in Psalm 105, verse 4. In the Hebrew, it means, according to Strong's, to tread or frequent. Usually to follow for pursuit or search. By implication, to seek or to ask. Specifically to worship. It's the idea of treading after, following after, seeking after, worshiping. Now imagine if we did that every day of our life. If we followed or pursued or worshipped God in our work. If we followed or pursued God and worshipped Him in our family. If we followed and pursued and worshipped God in our community. If we followed after and pursued and worshipped God in our church. What a key for daily living. If we made sure... That God was first place. Someone has noted years ago, many folks have a place for God, but not first place. They have a place for God, but not first place. I'm here to tell you today, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The Bible says, seek the Lord. The Bible says, seek the Lord with all your heart. You might be wondering, a preacher, what would that look like in daily life? How would that shake out in my life as I go to work and as I go about my responsibilities and duties? It's easy to keep God first here. It's easy because we're focusing upon God. We're singing about God. We're praising God. We're praying to God. We're preaching about God. But when we leave those doors back there, how does that live out? Well, it would mean that as I'm working... On that project, whether it be for school, whether it be a project at work, it would mean that I'm seeking to accomplish it for the glory of God. It would mean that I'm working honestly with integrity. I'm thanking Him. I'm thanking Him that I have the strength and the wisdom. I'm thanking Him that He's enabling me to do it. It would mean that the project is really more than just homework. It's more than just a report or an assignment or a duty given by my boss, but instead it's an act of worship as I follow God 
and as I do it for his honor and his glory. A life like that would also mean that some things are already settled. Some things are already settled. It means as a believer who's seeking after God and seeking to honor God, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to envy. It would mean that I already have plans for Sunday morning. And our family already has plans for Sunday morning. They include Sunday school and church. I already have plans for Wednesday evening. It means that my money is not mine to do with as I want. I realize that it's God's that is given to me and entrusted to me to use for his honor and his glory to manage. It means that my whole life is focused upon Jesus Christ. My whole life is focused upon God and his honor and his glory. And that's just a small sampling, I believe. You see, the spirit-filled life, beloved, is an exciting adventure as you yield to God, as you yield to the Holy Spirit, and he works in you and through you. Let me ask you today, you be honest with yourself, is God first in your life? Before your spouse, before your children, before your job, before your families, before your hobbies, before your interests, is God First, is he first? Moms and dads, let me ask you this question. Are you teaching your children to be me-centered or God-centered? You can't have both. Are they me-centered? In other words, it's all about what they want, what they desire. Life revolves around them. Or are you saying, listen, young lady, listen, young man, your life is to be about God first. And what God wants you to do and what God wants us as a family to do is your home life, is your personal life, God-centered. Seek the Lord. One of the keys to daily living. You got that one down? Say it with me. Seek the Lord. Say it again. Seek the Lord. It's okay to talk. Ready? Seek the Lord. You're going to learn a verse before you leave, aren't you? Are you ready for number two, the second key? Look at it again. And his strength. Say that. And his strength. Seek his strength. Have you faced anything this past week that was bigger than you? Yeah. We need God's strength to handle so much of what we face. I thought about this. We need strength, first of all, for protection. We, with all the things that attend in life, we need divine protection. I think it would scare us to death, literally, <laughs> if we knew all the times that God has preserved our lives and we knew nothing about it. It would scare us to death to realize how many times he's kept us out of harm's way. To realize there was a reason the car wouldn't start the first time. There was a reason you couldn't get on that road. There was a reason you couldn't leave at that time. Perhaps God was keeping you from something and protecting you. We live in a dangerous world. Many of you probably heard about a pastor just this other week who's there in a service and some crazed gunman comes in and shoots him to death. 
in the middle of a service. It seems that we're not safe anywhere anymore. At home, at church, at school, we live in a dangerous world. But listen, beloved, we serve an awesome, powerful God. And we need his protection. We need to seek his strength. Listen, parents, instead of wearing yourself sick over your son or your daughter, invest that same time praying over them. Seeking God's favor upon them. Seeking God's protection upon them. Seeking a shield around them. Praying that God would use them for His honor and His glory. Give them to Him. We need His strength for protection. I think secondly, we need His strength for service. Jesus said these words, Without me ye can do what? Nothing. Ye can do nothing. In order to truly serve and truly minister, we need His strength. We need His wisdom. We need His power. We need his strength for protection, for service. I think thirdly, here's a big one. It's going to hit everybody. We need his strength for problems. <laughs> have you got any problems? You say, preacher, how much time do you have? <clears throat> I've got so many problems. Sometimes I come up against things that are way bigger than me. You do too. I come up in, with things, even in pastoring this church, just this past week, several real challenges came. And I have to remind myself again and again, this is his church. So therefore, Lord, this is your problem. And guess what? Compared to God's strength, the problem doesn't look so big after all. You face some problems, don't you? You have some troubles. You have some worries. You have some pain, some heartaches. You have some things that dog your steps every day. Listen, you need his strength. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Those are not just neat verses. Those are not just some mantra we chant. Those are truths from the word of God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Listen, some of you are going through some very, very difficult struggles in your life right now. You need his strength. You need his strength. You need to seek the Lord and his strength. You cannot make it on your own. You cannot figure it out. You just need to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I surrender. I give up. I give to you. I can't bear it any longer. I pray for your power, your strength, your wisdom for me to do. Lord, I pray that you'll do whatever it is you want done in this problem, in this trial. This is bigger than me. I can't do it. I cast my burden upon you, Lord. Because your word says you care for me. I don't know what your problem is or what your strength or problem or struggle is. But listen, now is not the time to run from God. Now is the time to run to God. And jump and ask him to hold you in his loving arms. If there is sin... Confess it. Forsake it. Get right about it. Two keys so far. Seek the Lord and His strength. Say it with me. Seek the Lord and His strength. You got almost all the verse down. You ready for number three? It says, and it says, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. The third thing here is seek his face. Now, what does it mean to seek his face? 
The great Baptist preacher from days gone by, the prince of preachers as he was known, Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, it means to desire his presence, his smile, his favor consumingly enjoyed. I read that and thought, wow. Are we seeking God's smile every day? As wonderful as Spurgeon's thoughts are, I got to thinking more about what it means to seek his face and what that means. And it finally dawned on me, it finally occurred to me. You know, from time to time I may attend a convention or a conference or something that takes me away from my wife and my children. And we're separated by many, many miles. And, you know, we live in a wonderful world, don't we? <laughs> in so many ways, most of the time, I can pick up the telephone. I can call my wife. I can log on and find some Wi-Fi and send her an email. I can text message her. I could even get on an instant message her. If I was so inclined, I could go to the store and pick up a postcard and go to the post office, get a stamp and write a note out and, and tell her my message. If I really wanted to, I could go out for wherever I am and just start hollering and screaming into the open and, and, and just, just letting my message out. She wouldn't hear that and I'd get some unusual stares. But, you know, if I wanted to do that. Say, preacher, where are you going? What I'm saying is this, while all those things are wonderful and they keep us in contact with one another, nothing, nothing, nothing beats being what? Face to face. Nothing beats seeing her and talking with her face to face. And I thought that's it. Seek his face. What does it mean? We can talk. To him. You know, we can talk about him to others and we should. We can think about him and we should. But nothing beats talking with him. And he talking to us face to face. That personal close relationship that we enjoy. Now, I know we don't actually see the Lord physically. But you know what? We can see him in his word. We can even look around and see his marvelous works all around us in his creation. We can talk with Him in prayer. You see, the final key for daily living is all about seeking His face. It's that personal time that we spend with God talking and listening to Him. Some folks call it a devotional time. Some folks call it a quiet time. Some people call it God and I time. Call it what you will. But don't miss doing it. Face to face. Talking to the Lord in prayer. Allowing the Lord to talk to me through His Word. You know, although we mentioned it thirdly and lastly today, in reality, it's really the master key to really seeking Him and His strength. You see, some folks are struggling and miserable today because they've not been seeking His face each day. Notice verse 3. It says in this verse 3, Glory ye in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that do what? That seek the Lord. Are you rejoicing today? Are you filled with joy today? Maybe if you're not, perhaps this is the reason. You're not seeking Him. I'll be honest with you, beloved. I can tell. I know. I lost my notes. I know. When I've not been in the Word. 
and I've not been in prayer. I know it. And many times, so does my wife and my children. It has an impact upon my life. I want you to notice we haven't talked about that last word of our text. Where it says, seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Has the idea of being perpetual. Of going on and on. Anybody here have one of those perpetual calendars? You know what those are? You know, it's the calendar has no year attached to it. You just, this is January 1st, you flip it as January 2nd, and January 3rd, and y'all got that yet? January 4th, February, March, April, May. I've got one over at the house. It's got religious and church cartoons, real spiritual stuff. But you know, each day, you flip that page. That's the idea here. Perpetually, evermore. In other words, each day, you flip that page and you continue seeking God. The next day you get up, you continue seeking God. You seek His face. You seek the Lord. You seek His strength. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. I ask you again what we talked about at the beginning of this message. That is this. Is God first place in your life? And what or who... Are you seeking in life? I've given you three keys today. Let's be honest for a moment. How many of you, don't be embarrassed, how many of you have some keys either on your ring or somewhere at your house and you have no idea what they go to? Raise your hand. I'm not alone in that. Why do we keep those? We're afraid to throw them away, right? We might need them sometime. But let's be honest about keys for a moment. A key does you no good if you don't use it. I've given you three keys for daily living here from Psalm 105, verse 4. You can take those keys, stick them on your ring, stick them in your pocket, hang them up at home and never use them. You'll never unlock those doors. I want to challenge you this morning this week, this year, and in all the years to come, to take these keys for daily living and use them. Seek the Lord. Make Him your focus, your goal. Seek His strength for protection, for service, for your problems. Seek His face, that personal time, that devotional time, that time where I talk to God in prayer. He talks to me in His Word. We grow closer and closer together and keep on doing that. You say, oh, it's so simple. Yes, but so powerful. What would your life look like if you did this every day? Just imagine for a moment. You took out those three keys every day and you used them. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face evermore. Let's bow our heads and pray to God.